Welcome to the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs, where we showcase energy healers, lightworkers, holistic coaches, hypnotherapists, and creatives using their intuitive healing and transformative gifts to create an impact and a healthy income, as well as celebrate their one-of-a-kind, soul-expressed businesses. We'll take a look at the inspirational and insightful money lessons and messages in the world around us. I'm Michelle I. Revis, your host and fellow spiritual entrepreneur, learning, exploring, and uncovering the gifts and the personal growth opportunities of a soul-inspired business right alongside with you. Thanks so much for pressing the play button and listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to this episode of the Money Lighthouse podcast. For spiritual entrepreneurs, I'm Michelle Irivas, your host, and I'm so happy you're here today. This episode is about uncovering what being a spiritual entrepreneur entails. We are going to take a look at the other side of the business coin, the not-so-glamorous reality-unveiling side of being a professional healer, holistic coach, intuitive, or reader. The inspiration for this episode came from the bumps and bruises I've accumulated over the past couple of years of being an entrepreneur. Let's face it, if you do not have a thick skin, rock-solid determination, faith in the unseen, and pure desire, you have a long and very uncomfortable journey ahead, or a very short one, and you just might want to find a job that you enjoy which some people find actually fulfilling and wonderful, whatever works for the individual person. There's so many ways to express your soul gifts and talents. Okay, on to spiritual entrepreneuring. First things first, you really, really, really have to know why you want to be an entrepreneur, who you absolutely love working with, and have an idea of how you want to help them. Naturally, it can change and morph over time, but in this present moment, entrepreneurs should have a really good idea of their why, their who, and their how. Otherwise, you're a boat without a rudder in the ocean. So these are foundational, not exactly all practical, but also the mental and emotional. It's what motivates us. Often money alone does not motivate us. There usually is something more and it involves being of service and helping others. Typically, it's something with a tinge of altruism. Okay, so why? I'm sure you've heard this many times before. You must know your why. What is your motivation and inspiration for doing what you do? On a similar line, what breaks your heart? or infuriates you to the point where you just have to do something about it. You can no longer sit on the sidelines. You have to participate and and get some skin in the game. And you know you can help others get results. So you're even doubly motivated because you have that confidence that you can help someone else. Knowing your why also helps with grit, 
resilience, and tenacity. The why also fosters and fuels our passion and our vision for our business. Now, I'm sure you've heard it time and time again, but it's that important. Just like you've heard time and time again how important gratitude and appreciation is in manifesting and success. You've heard it so often because it's true and effective. Okay, the who, the who is helpful. You need some kind of inkling. You can take a look at almost every quote-unquote successful entrepreneur and see that at least one common thread runs through their clients and customers. Really, if you look behind the curtain, you will be able to find at least one common denominator among all their clients and customers. So I'd start with who you love working with and go from there. Perhaps take note of what they all have in common. And then that's a good hint of who your who is. Okay, how? How do you want to help them? What services and products do you sign up for and enjoy consuming? What are the different ways you get your creative juices flowing to design your offerings? Some things to think about are... Are you online or in person? If you are a combination of both, how are you going to make that work? What does that look like? In-person retreats, Zoom sessions, metaphysical psychic fairs, online monthly memberships. It's up to you. It's whatever you enjoy doing the most. Okay, so that's the foundational, the visionary, the inspirational. Those are all the things that happen at the, the very beginning. And it's so important to carry through throughout the rest of your journey. So if you're missing or are unclear of any of these things, there's no time like the present to do some soul searching, digging, meditating, or dreaming. Okay, on to the business tools. Many of us love going through certifications, trainings, and workshops to deepen or broaden our specialization or expertise. I'm sure we can all agree on that. We love learning new modalities and new personal, spiritual, metaphysical tools. After all, we heal ourselves during the process of picking up another healing modality or divination tool. There are so many wonderful ones out there and it would take a lifetime to dive into them all. I think if you just learn astrology, that would take a lifetime or take lifetimes to study. But, and here's the big but, but we have to also invest in business tools. So not only in our learning and experiencing um, these new modalities, but also we must invest in business tools. I have seen really amazing, gifted and talented spiritual entrepreneurs struggle because their potential clients and customers have no way of finding them finding more about them, and learning about what they have to offer or how they can help. So they are the best kept secret on the internet or in their neighborhood. So I suggest start off with something, anything, a business card, a social media profile, 
I know some of us are very um, skeptical or not very interested in social media, but maybe having a business profile and keeping it entrepreneurial based might be helpful. A one page website or a simple flyer would be wonderful to start off with. Something that can showcase or explain or share, that's an easy and light word. Share what you do with others. Stepping into the spotlight can be challenging for some of us, but remembering your why and your who will certainly help and maybe boost your courage to take action. If you look at quite a few healing directories, the practitioners all have emails, but a majority of them do not have a website. They do not have their own web presence of some kind. And I mean a good majority of them don't have some kind of web presence. Having something will also save you and the potential client's time. Going to your home on the web, whether that may be your social media profile or website is a good way for them to tune into your energy, you know, feel your vibe and what you specialize in, get to know you. Otherwise, it's a lot of email correspondence back and forth. So they ask you a question, then you have to answer, and then they may have another question based on what they just asked you and what you answered. Then they have another question <laughs> that you have to answer. So to prevent this time and energy leaking and ping-ponging back and forth, most will have a website or social media profile that will help answer a lot of these questions. But, and here's another but, there's an exception. Here's the exception. If you love engaging through email and feel great corresponding by email, and if you feel it builds rapport, then by all means, blast your email everywhere. If you love engaging one-to-one -one like that, and it's your strength and how you best create know, like, love, and trust, then <laughs> ignore what I just said about the profile or about a website. Go for the emails. The main thing here is that you know what works for you and when to pivot and change. Always keeping in mind what is good for you and your business. That way you prevent the dreaded burnout and resentment. So discern for yourself. Now this brings me to my next entrepreneurial suggestion. Here's where I'm going to step on my pedestal and I'm gonna speak from my heart. The thing experts are experts in the real thing and the only thing the experts are really truly experts in, in my opinion, is their journey, their results, their life, their business, etc., etc. Not yours. So, yes, learn from the experts, but also match that with what you do, who you are, what you bring to the entrepreneurial table, and what you have experienced in your life because you too are an expert. So I've followed the advice of experts to the T because I'm a really good student. I love learning and being an eternal student with a natural everlasting quest for knowledge and wisdom is in my numerology. I love learning. 
You can ask anyone close to me. I'm always taking a class, reading a book, or learning some new technique of some kind. But I've learned the difference between being a good student and being an entrepreneur. There is a big difference. You can follow all the steps and do all the things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur has to take risks, experiment, and find their own truth, their own secret sauce, their own unique way. Otherwise, we are carbon copies of an original. And in this day and age, we can spot a copy from a mile away. So how do we differentiate? How do we stand out in a noisy crowd? How do we learn from those who have gone before us, the quote-unquote experts, yet move forward in our own unique way? I feel we must lean into our quirks, our oddities, our weirdness, our unique specialties in order to stand out in a crowd. So this could mean blending modalities, blending our skills, using our own life experiences, how we've healed XYZ, and culminate and cultivate our offerings and our services from there. We must celebrate these things our quirks, oddities, our weirdness, because we are weird for a reason. We are abnormal, quote unquote abnormal, because no two souls or human life experiences are the same. So now that is a huge differentiating factor. Once we have courage to honor and express the parts of ourselves that might seem uncomfortable, ugly, taboo, or unconventional. And as scary as it may seem, or as vulnerable as it may seem, by doing this, we help others do the same. We help others see that it's okay, and that it's actually something to celebrate, and that that's what makes us interesting, unique, that's what draws certain people, our ideal clients, to us. And I often wonder, what would the world be like if we all practiced radical self-acceptance? I often wonder that. How amazing and interesting and fascinating this world would be if we all accepted ourselves lovingly and we created from there. Okay, so... Another thing is we must also acknowledge and appreciate the time we are in our personal lives. We have to give ourselves some grace. We work with what we have or we create what we need as far as time and scheduling is concerned. I used to use time oh, as my biggest excuse for why I couldn't accomplish things in my business. I used the excuse of having too many commitments as the reason why I wasn't further along in my work than I projected I would be. It became a bit of a habit and easy excuse. However, I must say I'm getting better at it and I catch myself faster than in the past. So time is a slippery one for many of us. So we must honor our time. We must respect our time. We must carve out time so we can do our divine work. 
So here are a few tips to get you through the lows of being an entrepreneur so that you can get to the highs faster and have them last longer. So I'd say at this point in my business, I experience a balance of highs and lows. Although I much rather experience more highs, um, but until then, in the meantime, I am growing and making so many discoveries about who I am, what works for me, and how I welcome in abundance in my personal business, in my spiritual entrepreneur adventure. Okay, so the number one thing that has helped is to know that we are constantly self-improving. So the self-improvement, self-awareness, personal growth aspects of entrepreneurship does not end. Does not end when we reach a certain dollar amount or a certain number of clients. So it would be very helpful and reassuring to remember that being an entrepreneur means that we will be constantly self-improving and self-developing. That's one of the gifts of entrepreneurship. We are continuously given opportunities, comfortable and uncomfortable, to learn, grow, stretch, and change. We are continuously saying goodbye to our old selves and merging into the new ones over and over again. There are so many lessons, like speaking our truth, setting clear and defined boundaries, both personal and professional, and taking full responsibility for our actions and outcomes in our businesses. These are just a few things, a few lessons that are possible on your entrepreneurial path. Okay, another helpful thing is working with your guides, your higher self, ancestors, loved ones that have passed, etc., etc. I have found that having a team of unseen support works wonders. We co-create and I find that I have more ease and joy in the creation process in my business. I've also learned that something I need to work on is trusting. I am a highly sensitive person who finds comfort in knowing things, in information, and predictable outcomes. But sometimes you don't get all of that. Sometimes you just have to trust. I love working with spirit, but sometimes trusting, especially on something big, oh, can push my buttons, even though they have never let me down. I think in my case, it, it's probably a control thing. So working with your spirit team, can work wonders and be such an amazing support for you in your business. All right, the third thing is community. Knowing that there are other spiritual entrepreneurs that you can turn to for advice, for referrals and support is wonderful. You realize that what you are going through is normal. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not permanent and things change and can change. And you have the power to create what you want in your business. That's one of the beautiful things about being a business owner and entrepreneur. 
You create from your desires. You create from your sacred desires. And you also have friends that can help you through the difficult times. So a simple Facebook or meetup search might be a great place to start. Or even better, start one of your own. Start a group, a spiritual entrepreneur support group of your own. And see what flourishes and develops from there. All right, there you have it. Skills, mindset, resources. The different things you need to support yourself on your spiritual entrepreneurial journey. The adventure can be challenging at times, but it's also very rewarding as well. And I know that there's people out there just waiting for your skills your ideas, your support, your help. So I hope this episode was helpful and I hope it encourages you to either take the first steps on becoming a spiritual entrepreneur or helps support you on your journey of spiritual entrepreneurship. So thanks so much for listening in. Until next week, keep shining your light, my friend, because when you shine... You inspire others to do the same. I'm here cheering you on to be you, the weird and the wonderful you. All right, sending you very big hugs. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. Hopefully it brightens your day and inspires you to take action on your dreams. We'll leave the light on until the next time, friends. Keep shining because people are searching for your particular kind of magic.